this game that we play every six months is what you then do is you fill the garage up again with a lot of loads of other stuff that you think, what are we going to do with this? We need to keep the box from the computer, so we'll put it in the shed or the garage. Oh, that bike that's now broken, there might be a spare part one day in the sweet by and by. So instead of just having one bike, we have five or six or even seven bikes. And that's just not right unless they're all mine and in good condition, <laughs> which I haven't got. So we have begin this process of overfilling it again. Now, those of you that are tidy fanatics, you're saying, yeah, that's wonderful. That's just the way God intended it. And others of you are saying, oh, there's no creativity without a mess. That's what you say, isn't it? There's no creativity without a mess. I'm in, I'm in trouble today when I go home. Am I going? <laughs> My wife just said, are you going home? <laughs> oh, she's clever. Some of us have cupboards like this where you know it's in there, but you're not too sure where it is. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> this is lost property. <laughs> so if any of you have lost anything, at the end of this series, you can have it back. <laughs> Except Andrew... Our exact pastor said there are some things in there that belong to him. Some of your cupboards are like that. Others of you, this is the way it goes. Enough space, space for everything. You can see exactly what it is and where you're going to get things from. You know what? It's all right if your cupboards are like this. Don't feel condemned. This, is, this isn't the point of this message. I'm going to go home and tidy my cupboards. <laughs> Let's all make the appeal. Come forward now. We'll lay hands on you. Shabba-dabba-doo. And you'll get delivered from a spirit of untidiness. No, that, that's not going to happen. You can live like that if you like in your cupboards. Or some of you, this is a joy to behold. This is the way God intended it. This is the way God's cupboards are. If you're like that or like that with your cupboards, fine. The trouble is, if this is what your relationships are like, you're in trouble. If there's no room or space or organization, if there's no time to spend with people, you're in trouble. If this is what your bank balance is like or your finances, so is it you... Just one accident and you scuppered them for the rest of the year or the month. If your finances are like that, you're in trouble. If your relationships, if the way your diary is organized is like this, rather than like that, you're in trouble. Don't worry about your cupboards, but your life. And how that works is absolutely essential for you to have breathing room. I want you all to go. I practiced that at home, you know. You do. It really felt good just for a moment to go. All together again. 
breathing room. Now, some of you are thinking this, but I don't have any choice. You did. As soon as I said that, that was the first thought, but I don't have any choice. Not true. As a 21st century human being living in the UK, you have choices. You have more choices, and that's part of the problem, than you could ever imagine. You have choices. Some of you, your thought was this. Yeah, that, that's me. <laughs> that cupboard is my life. But it's just for a season. Let me say this. It's okay if it's just for a season. But how long have you been saying it's just for a season? Because if you're saying that and the season never comes to an end, something's going to give, something's going to break, and something's going to change. And it might not be what you expected because you think, I'm putting all the hours to take my kids to this group and that group and this group and that group and these lessons and that lessons. And you think it's all going well, but you don't know your kids. You're just taking them everywhere to different stuff and filling your life and their life with too much. Hey, a response to this series might be you have to go to your kids and say, just practice this. No. No. You're not going to another club. No. <laughs> well, we'll move on. Just for a season. It's okay if it's just for a season, but that season goes on. The others of you might be thinking this. Well, everyone's like this. Everyone lives like this, don't they, in the UK? Hmm. When was everyone right? All like sheep have gone astray, each to their own way, the Bible says. Everyone doesn't mean we should follow the way of the world. Don't be squeezed by the world's mold. Life is better with breathing room. And this series could seriously affect your life. With breathing room, there might be more time to talk to people. With breathing room, there might be time to have dinner around a table. Remember a table? They're those things with four legs on that used to sit around for meals. With friends, table. When you have breathing room, you don't have to drive 80 miles an hour everywhere. Now, I want to tell you this. I've been so guilty of this. Those of you who have been around a while, and those of you who are new, you're going to find out something about me now. At one point, because I didn't follow these rules of breathing room, I was dashing around everywhere, and I had, to my shame, nine points on my license. Ooh, nine points. If you get 12, it's potential ban. For those of you who don't know, nine. And I had nine after doing, doing a speed awareness course as well. I could only do that once. I remember walking into the speed awareness course and there was the local vicar from Trumpington as well with his dog collar on and me. And we both ignored each other as if we didn't know each other. The most one of the most embarrassing moments of my life was when I'd been, to a, I'd been doing the Lord's work, just done an alpha supper 
I'm driving home. This is a few years ago now. I'm going to tell you something else, which I've never done since. It's illegal, it's ungodly, and it's wrong. I've never done it since. I was on the phone before I got hands-free in my car. Got hands-free now. All right. Talking to my mom. Because I do that late at night. Finished Alpha. Ring my mom. Go through a traffic light. And then I see this flashing light behind me. And I realize it's not an ice cream van. It's a policeman, and he pulls me over. I'm on the phone to my mom. I said, Mom, I've got to go. And I dropped the phone, but I failed to disconnect it. So it's lit on the floor, and I can hear my mom going, Steve, <laughs> Steve. And I'm thinking, Mother, shut up. <laughs> the policeman comes. I wind, well, don't wind, you know, it's electric window. And he says, would you get out of the car, please, sir? thinking, yeah, please, because my mum's on the phone and I don't want you to see it. So I kicked that to one side, as any godly minister would. <laughs> Get out. And he says, can you sit in the car? I'm thinking, you want me to sit in your squad car? Puts me in the back. There's two of them. Uh, he says, you realize you just went through a red light? I said, honestly, I didn't. I didn't see you. And he said, well, that's obvious, isn't it, sir? You know, making me feel this big. So then he's filling in the forms and he says, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm thinking, now I want to lie. <laughs> I really wanted to be a brain surgeon. And I, 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 I mumbled. I just, you know. <laughs> and he said, uh, pardon? I said, I'm a minister of a church. And there was silence in the squad car. And then he just went, oh, dear. I wanted to assault him <laughs> in Jesus' name. Oh, dear. That was one of the nine. <laughs> the other two I got on one day. Okay, come on. <laughs> if it's not helping you, this is really healing for me. I really feel I'm going to go out of this service so much lighter. You know what the problem was? I didn't have any breathing room. And everywhere was next appointment, get home, ring my mom, do this. And there was no space. There was no, here's an important word for you, margin. And the essence of this series, I'm going to have to wind up, is it's about margin. It's about, will you trust God sufficiently that if you create margin in your life, the time that's left, somehow, because this is spiritual, somehow, that time that you've got left will be more effectively used by having margin than if you try to squeeze everything into every nook and cranny. I'm putting your notes here. Why do, so, why do we live life at the limit? Uh, essentially, it's out of fear. Remember I spoke a while back, and I put this in the next blank here, it's a fear sometimes of missing out. We have this all the time. You know, since we moved into here, and we've got stories to tell, the number of invites that have come in, and the number of people that want to come in are beyond where we've ever been before. And sometimes we'll look at each other and we we'll say, oh, maybe if we did go to that other networking meeting, we'd meet someone, and they could be helpful for the next phase. We, think, we, we talk like that, don't we? 
Or, yeah, we, I go and preach there because that's a good place. And we have this kind of conversation. Suddenly, you start to use the relationships you've got, thinking of the advantage you're going to get because you're trying to squeeze in so much into life rather than just saying, what was saying? No. We'll go to less because maybe in doing less, we'll achieve more. Sometimes when you listen to music, our musicians aren't like that. You go to some churches, everyone's playing full on. Everyone's trying to play the lick that they know. Everyone's got the little bass line or the drum fill. And it's all... You go, well, something doesn't sound right. What doesn't sound right is everyone's full on all the time. And there's, the way to solve that is less is more. Do less. Just have the keyboard player go... Boom, every now and again. There we go. <laughs> That's what you went for four years to the Birmingham Conservatoire for, Lou, so you could go boom. Because someone else is going to. That's the guitarist, in case you're wondering. Because less is more. It's all too busy and full and. It's good, that one, isn't it? A good, good analogy, that, Andy. You like that one? Drummer boy. I just thought of that. That wasn't in my notes. Anyway. The fear of missing out. They're not going to hear my lick. They're not going to see me. <laughs> Maybe not, but it's not for me. It's for others. Fear of falling behind. Falling behind what? Or falling behind who? But they might be having a party. Let them have the party. Start your own. As long as it's not a pity party. Because no one wants to go to them. Just start your own. Have a party on your own. Dad dance all alone. Any dads do that? Just me? You're not a dad. Just have a dance on your own. Have a party on your own. Create some space. Or we think, and this is the one that drives me and I have to watch. We think, I'll fail to make a difference. If I don't fill my diary with more meetings and people and clubs and, and my children won't have this skill or that skill, or I fail to make a difference. You know what the bottom line is? Trust. 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 If I don't do that, will I trust God? that somehow he'll provide for me. If I don't do that, will he organize the right relationships that are formed? If I don't do that, if I just trust, the absolute core of this series, guys, is about growing in faith and trust in a God who will take care of you. You see, the issue of margin and breathing room is thoroughly biblical. I put down... Three, if not four, examples here about breathing room. We all know this one. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, we're not under law. We're under grace and all of that. We know that. But the issue of Sabbath rest, if God did it after having worked for six days, it wasn't because he was tired. It was for a bigger reason than that. Then Sabbath rest is important. It's still what we would describe as a creational mandate, not a law mandate. It was in the law, but it was before the law, and it precedes, it precedes the law, and it goes beyond the law as well. And Jesus said that the issue of Sabbath, it was made for us to enjoy and appreciate. It was there in the law 
But it was still a good a principle to live by in life today. Do you have a Sabbath? Doesn't mean you don't do nothing. It means, because, it's not the right way to say it, I know. It doesn't mean that you don't, you just pull back and, and don't engage in worship or in serving, but that you rest from the work because it's a statement of faith where you're saying, I'm going to trust God that I can make enough money in six days. In fact, we get two days a week, most of us, off, don't we? Hello? You get two days. Most of us get two days a week. We, we know God instituted one. One day a week. And he said, it's a good idea. Have a rest. And the way the Bible reveals it often is in relation to worship. What about this one? Tithing. Oh, people do get all kinds of funny responses when I talk about tithing. As though it's under the law and all of this. Well, go on. Don't tithe and see what happens. You won't be better off. Run under grace. Well, give more then. Give 20% and live on, live on that if, you, if you're under, under grace. Don't try and reduce it. Expand it. Because grace and the new covenant is bigger. I will tell you this. A, a man I used to work with uh, in the Wirral Church, he was made unemployed. He used to get his, his gyro, as they called it then. Whoops. There's someone passing me my glasses. <laughs> uh, thank you, darling. You're the best wife I've ever had. Uh, I've only had one wife, for those of you that are wondering. I just thought I'd better make that clear. And he, he used to go every week with his gyro. He used to come back and joke about God being his provider because he was called Jehovah Gyro. And, and, it, and he got this, and I said, well, Harry, you don't need to tithe anymore. He said, I don't want to stop tithing. And he gave every week of his check of his unemployment benefit. This was in the 80s. Serious times in Liverpool. And God honored him. And I can't tell you how he provided for him in different ways. But that man, he's still alive today. He's in his 80s. He prospered and prospered. And he'd tell you if I could bring him in. He's, he's, he's a little guy. He's only very short. He's the best electrician I've ever met in my life. And God opened up a way for him. It's a faith deal, though. So don't ever hear tithing as, 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 as legalism or that we won't love you as much or serve you as much. It's not because we want something from you. It's for you. And, we believe, and tithe, by definition, is 10%. That's what the word means. So if God tells us to give a tithe, here's, here's a challenge to God. All right, then, God, you want me to give a tithe? Will you make what's left go further Go on. Yes. Because it's supernatural. It's supernatural. It doesn't make sense. But it is as God intended. What about this last one I put in your notes here? Gleaning. Gleaning is when, remember this was an agricultural society. Israel were given over 600 rules because in their past, all they'd ever known was slavery. They were slaves. The rules of slavery went, you do what you're told when you're told. Now they're a free nation. They're a new nation under God. So God, if you count them, gives them over 600 rules and regulations because he's telling them this is how to live as a nation. And one of the rules he gives them is this rule of gleaning. Remember, this is an agricultural society. They are totally dependent on the harvest. 
They work during day, they sleep during night. They work during day, they sleep. One of the rules he says to them is, take one day off, you're joking, aren't you? Taking one day off in an agricultural society is life or death. But we've got to bring in the harvest and we've got to do, no, take a day off. But we've got to plant, if we don't plant, we won't reap. Take a day off. So are you saying, God, six days, by not working the seventh, it will go further? Yes. It's called faith. And then this one of gleaning, not only does he tell them to take a day off, but he says, leave a margin around the fields. And when the poor widows and the foreigners come who've got no money, instead of just taking it all into your barns, leave a space. And in your cornfield, leave some corn around. Let it lie there. And in the grapes, let there be loads of grapes. That if they all fall off the trees and fall into the margin, leave them in the margins. And let the poor and the widow come and get the grapes and get the margin. And you can imagine them saying, but this is life and death. I could sell that at market. If I don't sell these grapes, my family might not live. Yes, you will. Because you can trust God. You with me, church? You can trust God. You can trust God with the margin that he will take them up. But we've lived in slavery, but you're no longer slaves. You can live with margin. You are not a slave to your diary. You're not a slave to your company. You are kingdom people if you're Christians. And Jesus addressed it in this way. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, all these things will be given to you as well. Musicians, will you come up? We're going to leave the cupboards up here for now. So you might not see the musicians uh, in this last song. But don't worry about that. You'll hear them. This is what I want to ask you as I close my final question. Where do you need to create some breathing room. We're going to be discussing this in connect groups. If you're not in a connect group, you're missing out. Because we're going to be very vulnerable with one another. And the questions that have been put in this order of service, whatever we call it, are really quite, wow, if I answer that publicly, that's quite a question. I've got to reveal some stuff about me. That's because we love these kind of settings and we want these to be bigger. But we know if we're going to get bigger, we've got to get smaller all at the same time. And so connect groups are really important. If you're not in a connect group, find someone here and say, can we meet this week? And can we have a coffee and maybe just go through some of these questions? Because as I've observed in my life, this is how living on the edge and filling my life has affected me emotionally, physically, mentally, and relationally. I'm reading a book called Crazy Busy by Kevin De Jong, I think you pronounce his name. Very, very interesting. One of the things that he was saying last night was how, as I was reading it, was how it can rob us of our joy by being over busy. And I thought about people I know, and I thought about my own life when I've been over busy. And by the way, busyness is like a charm. People say to me all the time, oh, we know you're busy, Pastor. One day I just want to say, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'd like one day to get to say that. <laughs> no, I'm not. Because it makes me feel good. Eugene Peterson reckons that work is more an issue of sin in 21st century Western world for Christians than sex. Because somehow, if someone has a sexual relationship that's 
not right. We think, oh, we shouldn't have done that. It's wrong. And we, you know, we tell them off. But we let people overwork all the time and somehow we laud them for it. But it's not out of faith or out of trust. So, oh, I'm busy, I'm busy. Maybe busy's got to stop. Remember I said some things you wouldn't like me for. But just listen to what you know the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Where do you need to create? And it's different for all of us. We've all got different limits. And you, you know, some people say, well, you don't know how much I can do. I can do more than you. Yeah, you, maybe you can. But you've still got a limit. And it might be three times bigger than my limit. But you've still got a limit. Do you know what it is? And thank you, a breathing room. Help us, Lord, I pray, to be a people of margin and a people of faith and trust in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Let's stand together and sing this last song.